Welcome to the Ether. Today is Sunday, March 5th, 2023. Today on the Ether, the Galactic Space, hosted by the Galactic Punks, the Terra Trinity, Alliance, Feather, and Station. Let's take a listen. All right. Hi, everybody. Uh, can everybody just do like a, a mic check just to make sure that um, everything's working? Sure. Can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you, Deeps. MB, you there? You there with us? Hey guys, yeah, I'm here. How is everybody today? Good, excellent. Oops. See, we've and got uh, Mika, can you? I suppose, uh, can you just uh, manage? Like, if anybody wants to come up and speak or ask a question, I'll, I'll leave that up to you. I'm not really going to look at it. Yeah, sure. Hi, how's it going? Hey, Philip. And Crash, can you just test your mic? Because I know we had some issues early on today, so maybe just. We've got uh, Rebel DeFi in the house as well. He's probably a good one to <laughs> bring up speaker as well as I see Ray's there. Hey, Ray. I sent you to invite Ray. Or Mika, can you do it? Hey. All right. I suppose we can get started. That's all right, everybody. Um, everybody's here. Um, okay, well, thanks you guys for, for joining us today. This is the first Galactic Spaces. Um, well, hopefully, will be the first of many. It's also my first uh, Twitter Spaces that I'm hosting, so it's going to be a learning experience for me as well. Um, well, to improve the structure of how we run these spaces over time. And so today, we're going to be discussing the topic of Alliance Feathers and Crushing Station. A rather exciting and big development in Terra, and we have a panel of guests here um, from or- Orbital Command, Brad Deeps, uh, Phillips from Eris Protocol, and um, Crash and Ray from Y Foundry. So a very um, knowledgeable panel here. Just want to thank you guys for uh, being here, taking the time to do the spaces and to share your knowledge, because I know Alliance, it's... Uh, pretty new concept and even right now for a lot of you in the community it's still kind of going over their head and this is something that takes time for the community to, to digest and understand over time and this doing something like this like spaces is part of that process of helping um people gain a better understanding and bring value to the community and, and hopefully play a part in helping the ecosystem grow so how I, I'm thinking about doing this uh, spaces for today is um, we're obviously going to spend most of our time talking about Alliance most likely because that uh, topic is has the most most depth, I think. And there's a lot of places you can go with that. Um, I also want to keep this uh, spaces relatively open. So if anybody has any questions um, or want to add 
to the discussions, feel free to just raise your hand because I suppose I can um, give a little introduction about the topic that we're we discussing and just kind of. Hey, I don't mean okay. to cut you off, but I'm um, uh, not sure if anyone breaking. else. Yeah, robotic. Sorry, what's that? It it was coming through a little um a little rough. Uh, at least for me, you're like really breaking up. Uh, I don't know if anyone else is hearing that. Yeah, I think everybody's hearing it. Is this is this better? Yep. Okay. All right. Well, just let me know if I'm breaking up or something like that. Just. Uh, Maybe not let me just continue to run on, but thanks for calling it out. So anyways, I was just saying, I'll just give a little introduction about the topic um, on hand, and then I'll kind of pass it off to the panel um, just to give a little framework to uh, how to understand um, what this, it, this means. Alliance Feathers and Station was mentioned back in November, if I remember correctly, by Do Kwan. Did we lose him again? <laughs> I, I think so. Um, all right. Looks like getting rugged a little bit by Twitter spaces. Um, well, we can just start talking about it if, if sure. somebody else wants to lead into it. Hi, guys. I'll just jump in for a little bit. Um, is Crypto Sense coming back? He's still here. Looks like he's here. Fingers crossed he's going to get back in shortly. Um, it's quite early morning for me. I'm sure it's quite late night for some of you. Um, uh, so us. I guess, like CryptoSense was saying, uh, so again, hi, Mika from the Galactic DAO. Uh, so Alliance, Feather, and the Cross Station Terra are... Cross Station, um, Terra Station is like Terra's solution to addressing obstacles that have hindered the adoption of a Cosmos interchange system. Um, so, I mean, if successful, it could enable Terra to have a future with hundreds, if not thousands of applications, specific uh, chains on Cosmos. Um, so yeah, uh, pretty much the spaces today, um, just a lot will be discussed. Uh, so just main idea is to get a primer and to learn more about uh, Alliance, Feather, and um, everything that's going on in Terra space. So who wanted to go first? I think uh, I think Rebel was, was saying something. I'm not sure if we were having some of that Twitter thing where people can't hear each other, but Rebel, um, was there something else you wanted to say? Uh, that, was, that was good confirmation that at least someone could hear me. Yeah, it does get frustrating. I don't know if Mika can hear me this time. Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, looks like we got CryptoSense back. So yeah, I don't think Mika can hear me this time. Anyway, guys, I will just chill and listen to Sense. Here we go. Back in. Hi, can you guys hear me? I'm not even quite sure when I dropped off. Um, like at the yep, can hear you. you were saying, <laughs> you said like Doquan you know talk about okay, yeah. just give a quick overview of the spaces today um just explain a little bit what alliance feather and cross station terra like was um if you want to just take it from there i guess okay sure yeah um and i think this is one of the um most exciting things that have been happening with terra uh for sure since uh terra collapsed terra classic uh, because this is the first time that there is a real narrative that's being developed um Terra. Um, I don't know. Do you guys have anything to add to that? Maybe provide more clarity or color in in terms of the summary. I mean, sure. I I can I can say a few things. Um, I think what can get confusing is you have to compare it um, to some of the other 
I guess, modules that are being deployed throughout Cosmos. So people get it confused with like, you know, what, what, how is Alliance different from, you know, mesh security? How is it different from interchain or replicated security from the Cosmos hub? Um, and I actually, I pinned a thread here to the top um, by Bera, uh, if I'm pronouncing that right, because it's, it's a really top-notch thread that walks through Alliance, but but I think the um the key takeaway right is it's all about aligning economic incentives between two chains. Um, so it doesn't necessarily have to be about security. Uh, you know, at, in its most basic sense, and and he does a lot of great graphics in there. So if you haven't had a chance to read it, I I highly recommend just pouring through it a little bit. But um, this idea of taking a yield bearing asset. Uh, and making it stakeable on a foreign chain, right? So it could be anything, right? You have Terra and Kujira. You say, um, you know, B Luna from Backbone Labs is going to become an LSD that's now stakeable on Kujira. Um, and then you you basically set rules uh, that can be, uh, I guess, you know, taxes, if you will. <laughs> so uh, it's an exchange of of incentives. So you would say, okay, a little bit of the yield from this ST Luna, uh, well, sorry, I said B Luna, so let's stick with one LSD at a time, from B Luna is going to go to Kuji stakers, uh, and then in return, Kuji stakers are going to forfeit some of their staking rewards and give them to the people who are staking their um, B Luna on Kujira, right? So it, it's kind of this, this seamless exchange of incentives between two chains, and the end state, kind of how I view it, is like, you know, you have Kujira people in this example have more Luna assets, and then you have, um, you know, your lunatics that have more Kujira assets, which can have, a, a, you know, numerous other benefits and applications and use cases. But that, that's kind of how I wrap my head around it. And can you expand a little bit on um, the differences between, um, you mentioned mesh security and alliance? Yeah, let me let me jump in there and um, just give a quick breakdown. Um, Deeps is absolutely right. So the focus of both um, mesh security and um, hub security or ICS from Cosmos Hub is is definitely, as the name suggests, security. Um, in the case of case of mesh security, you know, chains that probably already have their own. Uh, stakeholder sets, validator sets already have pretty high market cap and are able to secure themselves, but want to do it more securely, um, they'll probably look at mesh security. Um, on the other hand, with hub security from Cosmos Harbor, um, it's more for new chains, probably chains that don't have their own validator set and probably don't want to have their own validator set um, and are happy to use the hub's validator set. Um, Okay, look, they give up, give up some autonomy, but um, you probably get to launch faster. But again, it's about security versus Alliance, which is about the economic benefits primarily. Uh, can you expand a little bit on the economic benefits? Yeah, look, I could expand a little bit. I mean, the vision of, of um, Alliance um, is, I guess, what you call a multi-chain world um, where all the chains are interacting and sharing, economically sharing. Um, interactions. Um, the the economic benefits in setting up on Alliance, um, you know, it's the cost of bootstrapping security 
um, which can often be expensive for smaller chains, um, um, having their own validator set. Also, the high cost of engineering, um, you know, building your own blockchain. Um, so those two points. And then the other problem which Alliance is trying to solve is the fragmentation of liquidity. Your whole lot of chains, you know, sort of siloed off around the ecosystem, around Cosmos. And um, this pulls together that liquidity. Um, and it's a one plus one equals three kind of situation to simplify things. Yeah, j just to your, to your point for clarification, well, I, I think what you're referring to in the first half um, was more specifically focused towards Feather, uh, right, Brad? Just in terms of the um, security piece and launching seamlessly? Sure, sure, correct. So audience perspective, I guess, we, we kind of have this, uh, been talking about it from a big picture perspective. But from an audience perspective, like as a Luna holder, Luna holder, or let's say uh, a native staking asset holder, how do they benefit from this? Because the whole idea of Alliance is to create this mutually beneficial win-win situation, right? So like, what does it mean for, um, from a user perspective at a very granular level? Hey, um, Philip, I just want to jump in there with um, some examples of how Eris will um, help facilitate that. Philip's saying in the messages he might not be able to hear some of us. Um, I'm not certain if he's hearing any of us. Uh, Philip, are you hearing us? <laughs> yeah, I, I hear everybody except uh, MBM. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I, yeah. I have him delayed uh, on the web browser, so I hear it uh, a little bit weird, but <laughs> all good. Um, I, I think the the biggest thing about Alliance is the economic security because probably and we already talked about it um bootstrapping a chain is very expensive regarding capital locking up for economic security because something what we have seen in for example this uh, aqua dao hack th th this is the perfect example really of of this there, there was this dao and it only had economic security of 200 dollars so anybody could take over the dao by only staking worth $100 or $200 and they can completely take over the whole project. And the same issue is when you launch a chain, you need to have economic security so that it can't be uh, overtaken by some kind of bad actor. And what Alliance tries to solve is, um, and, and it, this is very close to also this kind of liquid staking derivatives, um, we want to unlock capital. Um, because if you stake capital, the normal way, you can only uh, secure a single chain with it. And when you have liquid staking derivatives, you stake it on one chain, but the same capital can be used to secure another chain. So you can use, for example, Mpluno, transfer it to White Whale, and soon use it as economic security for that chain as well. So for the end user, um, it's, of course, uh, an additional yield opportunity. But for the uh, chain deployers, it allows for a lot um, less expensive bootstrapping liquidity and economic security for their own chain because they have to pay less because um, all these kind of different chains can share uh, a part of their inflation with the, the, the capital holders. And what, what we have been thinking about for, for White Whale, because probably White Whale will be one of the first alliance chains we will see uh, on mainnet, 
Um, they, they also have the plan to allow many different kind of assets um, on their chain, like Mjuno or for, from Huawei, the liquid staking derivative, ST Atom, and so on. And we will also have some kind of liquid staking derivative around liquid staking derivatives. So, for example, if you use Mluna and stake Mluna again through Ares protocol on the whiteway chain, you will get something like MWLuna. Um, which will be liquid staked amp luna on the white rail on the megaloo chain and um all the rewards you are generating will also be auto compounded back to amp luna and so on so you have this kind of flywheel effect that you have this kind of new token again that can be used for the next chain again um i i had some kind of interesting white papers i read over the, the last couple of days something like eigenlayer i'm not sure if if many know about this right now and if i'm talking too much uh, you, you just need to to break me up so somewhere um so eigenlayer um ethereum has a similar problem so they have the issue that a lot of layer ones layer twos um also need to bootstrap this kind of um economic security and it's very expensive for them to, to bind this kind of capital and it also extracts um, value out of the ethereum chain um and what Eigenlayer is trying to do is that they restake the same Ethereum to secure multiple different chains. And this is, of course, some kind of end game um, into um, so some kind of end game where our lines can develop into something like uh, you, you, you stake somewhere central a, a single coin and the same economic security of this coin is being distributed to multiple different chains. So for example, the, the, the same capital can be used to just secure multiple chains, like, like I said. Um, of course, the, the tech behind is a lot of um, more complex, um, but that's probably something we, we will be going into soon. Like, robot voice. Who's talking? I think Crash. Crypto sense. Hey, Crash, um, we can't really hear you. You're, you're breaking up. Just while we wait for CryptoSense to sort his mic out, um, Philip mentioned that Megaloo will be becoming an alliance chain. Do we know some other chains that are certain to also be? Crash, I don't know if you're speaking or not, but um, I can't, at least for me, I can't hear anything at, right now. Rebel is talking right now. Yeah, I mean, we know about some more. For example, of uh, we are very close to the carbon team. They also evaluate if if it makes sense to to deploy alliance. We have some other projects that have not been published yet um, on on Twitter that we are in contact to also to to use alliance because alliance is is very useful for new chains to launch with, and it's an additional module that um, that can bring a lot of value into the ecosystem because you can bootstrap a lot of liquidity and also a user base into your own chain, um, without requiring a big marketing efforts. And yeah, for example, we, we already saw Alliance uh, module integrated on the Kuchira chain, for example. And yeah, I, I think there there will be more chains, some, some Oracle chains and so on. So, I mean, that's, that's exactly what we're asking. Uh, like, obviously, yeah. you use uh, LSDs, liquid staking derivatives, to participate. And, you know, Eris is one of those. Or for me, and 
just someone, let's say, that is holding Luna, how do we decide um, which provider to, to use? Like, should we use App Luna, B Luna? What, where's the pros and cons that people should be evaluating for a liquid taking to the provider? Well, there, there are, of, of course, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying use AMP Luna because it has the, the best API out there. We, we have made a, an analysis over the last couple of weeks and it was really crazy um, how low APYs other um, liquid second derivatives have. Um, everybody should do their own uh, calculation about that. Um, but of course, there are different factors like security, um, which of course Stride is pushing a lot uh, into. Um, we are pushing into the direction of providing the most stable um, liquid staking derivative solution. So all our products are geared towards a, a more stable um, space because we, for example, also developed this slow burn arbitrage mechanism um, where users can deposit Luna and um, an arbitrage bot will use it similar to some kind of flash loans uh, to swap it to AMP Luna and slowly unbound it and, and stabilize the market. So it's some kind of counter pressure to liquidations, what, what we want to provide the user with. Um, but Especially for Alliance, if, if it's only um, regarding the best yield opportunities, um, this is what, what we are going for. We, we want to provide the best yield. We don't have any fees right now for the whole year of 2023. And we want to provide the best user experience for that. So what is exactly that makes AppLuna yield so much larger than the others? Okay, so one is we don't have any fees right now. Um, we, we try to target um, validators with 5% uh, or less um, commission. Um, of course, now we have this kind of open governance system where users can decide which validator is being chosen. So um, you have a very free market gauge principle of how the delegations work. Um, we want to give back this kind of governance power and um, the delegations uh, and, and also the voting power to the user. So anyone can can vote with their own AMP Luna on governance proposals. And yeah, and the, the API is so good because we are also sharing revenue of our other products with AMP Luna holders. That means um, we always try to push this API higher than you can achieve with normal staking, for example. So maybe one thing we can do is we could talk about, I. I know nobody from White Whale is here, but we could talk about like what is the experience for a user that has an asset and then wants to utilize. Uh, I'm sorry, we may put you on the spot again, Philip, but um, that has an asset and wants to utilize Ampluna and uh, stake on another chain like White Whale. Yeah, so uh, a couple of weeks back, I, I, I read a post from from Larry, and he he thinks about. DeFi should be similar to to when when you go to Amazon and you you buy something, you have your own uh, shopping cart and you you add these kind of uh, items you want to have in there and then you say I want to buy it and I, I also thought about that and it could make sense to make this kind of user experience a lot easier um, if if you could um, aggregate these kind of DeFi actions into a, a single shopping cart, something like Stake, Luna with this uh, LSD provider, then transfer the Luna to Megaloo chain and then uh, uh, stake it again with this kind of different uh, liquid staking derivative on, on the Megaloo chain. And it automates this kind of process and you only have to say, execute first action, execute second, execute third action. So um, 
of course, this user experience, it's, it's very experimental, the whole alliance chain and it's it, it will melt faces because it will get very crazy about uh, what kind of uh, yield you will be getting, which kind of tokens you will be receiving. Alliance is not about only yield bearing tokens or LSD tokens, it can be any token. So you already know of chains that, that will use Alliance chain not as staking LSDs, but they want, for example, also stake LP tokens. So for example, uh, I think mass chain will, will go this direction. I think. Yeah, so I, I've been doing some reading into Alliance Chain and or into the Alliance module and and how all of this would work. And it seems to me that, and I'd, I'd look for anybody else on the panel's validation on this or insight into this, is it seems to me that the the way for Alliance to work best is that Terra 2 becomes a liquidity hub again so that all assets pass through a singular source when they get distributed to Alliance chains because of the way IBC works. And I know, I don't think I'm leaking any alpha on this, right, uh, Rebel, but I know that TFM is working on solutions. I know Kepler is working on solutions to kind of get all native assets going through the same path because when two IBC assets that happen to have the same native asset come from two different chains onto a third chain, they actually are two different assets in the interpretation of that, you know, target chain, if if that makes sense. I, I don't think it's it's even necessary to do that. For example, um also carbon chain, um they are also doing this kind of I, i'm not sure what they're doing in behind but they have this uh, asset standardization process where they convert similar to what also binance is doing on their central exchange that any kind of stablecoin you deposit there um, can be converted as busd and when you withdraw you can decide which kind of assets you withdraw again and something similar um, they, they have some white paper about that um, how they also want to solve that with um, ibc connected assets so that you could have different uh, routes and yeah they they have the, these kind of pools where you you throw together the different uh, the, the same asset from different routes and you have only a single asset on the same chain so something like this would also be possible for for IBC chains to to implement and um look, my understanding is that you know, the key thing with especially with Terra station is that yeah, the end of the end game is to provide like a, a totally seamless experience for the user. So you really won't know what's happening in the background. You know, these kind of actions and activities you described. Um, the end goal being something like, you know, terror as the or terror station as the interface to web three. Yeah, I think I mean, I think looking at like the technology, I, I don't know if we want to say we're very early on this. Like, but there's going to be a lot of layers of user interoperability that are going to that that need to be or that are going to be implemented to make this thing like as Philip says, not you know to to not melt your face off when you're trying to work with it. Because I can see the technical challenges of having all of these chains that are essentially sovereign and equal trying to interact with each other with assets um, and coming at it from different angles. There has to be a way to kind of organize all of that information as it's getting onto these chains and then make the best sense of it. I'm curious, maybe my standing, but are 
do we know what the impact will be for like is there a danger here for centralization like larger chains like the smaller chains almost being kind of like it's almost a serfdom to the hub and some of the larger chains that you know take over that from uh the like you know provide the extra economic security that's just something that i think about and is it hard to know exactly what the what the consequence will be with the market i mean are you essentially asking like if you have a new startup chain uh that's attached to like luna and there's tons of liquidity in luna so you have all these liquid stakers that then move their assets over to secure or to you know do the economic incentives on a new chain and <clears throat> and take a lot of the rewards out of it yeah i mean in some ways like is this an an option that's almost in between actually having your own sovereign chain and just being a dap on another chain like is this somewhere in the middle and is that kind of the intent because it that's what it seems like to me like you're sacrificing something for the shared economic security um that you're getting maybe not but i feel like what you're sacrificing in a sense is uh like it, a lot of things that we've been talking about and what's been going around is about the benefits of alliance but one of the well i guess how you can think about it from a financial perspective as well it's it is a form of leverage right you are taking um lsds or lp tokens or what have you um you're using it as a staking asset but you're staking on another asset so you're kind of like 2xing the the use case of it so i it, it makes it more capital efficient on one hand but i could also imagine a scenario where it could get out of hand like if someone took an a lsd that's was staked and then maybe made that another derivative and at some point you get into this area where there's systemic risk if one chain goes down it affects all these other chains as well that's i don't know if you agree with you guys agree with that or not yeah, it's it's like all the way down the chain. If you have any weak links in it, it breaks everything after that point. Because you're derivatives mm -hmm. on derivatives on derivatives. Right. So on one hand, it's it does help the chains uh, through diversification. So it reduces the risk. But there can be a scenario where if it's overdone, it can create systemic issues. Is this kind of like... Is a useful way of thinking about it is instead of you have one asset, SX, like like an index fund, a currency index fund sort of thing um, that you're instead relying on, which is encouraging all of these actors to like operate together, you know, hopefully move in the same direction from a good perspective. You just broke up at the end there, Crash. Yeah, Twitter's determined to rug me. I think another thing that would be interesting is how the governance is going to play out because for Alliance, both chains needs to to kind of accept this uh, Alliance through their own governance process. Um, and in, in some sense, when two chains enter into this agreement, they're essentially um, economically tied to each other, right? Especially if there is a take rate like the take rate is above uh, zero um 
you know, it, it could have, I can see the benefits of it, but I can also see the, the negatives because you, you could create these, the scenario where there's, um, uh, moral hazard in some sense, because you're, you're riding off the benefits of another chain. Like, do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I kind of looked at that in the sense of if you had a large liquidity source, like let's say Terra, you know, LSD stakers that went to a third party chain and started extracting the rewards of this new chain's token, they're essentially building amassing a supply of native governance tokens while they're also, you know, holding a position in governance. So essentially you have this foreign power on another chain, on these alliance chains that are amassing control of, of the uh, alliance chain's governance. Uh, but but right, I think um, alliance, there is a difference between the take rate, so what is being shared, and about the, the governance voting rights. So each chain can define their own governance principles that, or at least uh, I, I thought that was possible in some kind of way to, to define a fixed rate um, of the governance power that is being shared. Yeah, I've read on it, but I feel like we're still so early. I don't think we've seen, I haven't seen that implemented really anywhere yet. Maybe, maybe I'm mistaken on it, but my understanding was that if I'm staking, say, Amp Luna or using Amp Luna on a different chain, I have, like, say, I say I take my Amp Luna over to um, Megaloo and, I, and I'm staking my Amp Luna on Megaloo, I have no government governance rights. So while I but, will be like getting some whale tokens in return and kind of building up some governance voting power, um, unless I've got an absolute fat stack of Ampluna, which unfortunately I don't have, um, it'll take a long, long time before I really develop any sort of stake in, in, on, on the Megaloo chain without actually buying whale. You bring up a good point there, then. You have a, a foreign entity, right? These AMP Lunas staked on the Megaloo chain, getting the native token, but have no skin in the game with the token. Like, they don't even hold the token, and they're just getting it as a reward. So that, to me, seems like it could have the potential to create cell pressure on the, on the whale token. It depends if people are sort of farming and dumping. Um, and... and other LSDs are available. I know we've got a few guys from um, the Backbone Labs crew in B Luna in the house. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I'm unique in thinking that is this not the whole point of Alliance that that we can hold Luna and then take the LSDs over to other chains where we think, yeah, I want I want some of that token. I'll say whale, but I'm not so bullish on whale that I want to chuck tons of like new capital in so i'm going to use my luna to farm whale to build up a whale position as opposed to just to get whale to farm and dump it is is my i mean i, I personally i'm only going to be taking my lfds to alliance chains where i want the asset i think well i think both of those i think both of those options are available right you're, you're getting the token and what the recipient of the token chooses to do with that isn't restricted as far as I can tell. Absolutely. Yeah. It, one thing I wonder is that over time, 
uh, as things get more efficient with um like are you are we going to be seeing essentially people deploying bots of some sort that will make these decisions and just go to where the highest apr is uh, farm those token and then sell them to buy more lsds and then just kind of move move it so where the highest apr is but not actually hold those tokens in any long-term capacity um and in that way i think it really defeats the one of the benefits that some people are touting about um that i guess cross-pollination aspect of it if you will and i think that you know if you think about it people with a lot of money big players that that does seem like something that would be very logical for them to do to just optimize you can hold your luna and just get extra apr and farm it to buy to get especially like increase your luna apr essentially without um taking much exposure risk reducing the sell pressure on the luna because you're not selling luna rewards then yeah and i think another thing that would be interesting is that um because you can set the take rate take rate at zero and i wonder how many projects would decide to do that you know put the take take rate at zero you can offer much less staking of your own staking asset tokens um you know if we're using terra as example let's say they enter into alliance with terra you set the take rate at zero and you put up say 10 percent or five percent of your um native asset token um, rewards for luna stakers right so for luna holders it's like this is just a, a plus uh, you're gonna get. Uh, you're not actually losing your your Luna rewards. You just get it's just a little bit extra on top. Um, and in that sense, they can. I think they can take get a lot of extra economic security um, benefit from that. And on the meantime, because they have Luna is LSDs is providing that security, they can reduce their inflation um, significantly. I, I feel like that setup for me is is one of the most um attractive one because if if i believe in luna i would just i just want to hold luna you know if i actually want to buy whale, white whale tokens i guess you, we can say that you earn it through yield or whatnot but this is just it's all the same right i could just buy five dollars worth of whale every week you could restructure in a way and just replicate the same kind of yield swap so in some sense for me i i don't i feel like the whole yield swap thing is just convoluted in some sense um i much well i don't want to say i i guess it's okay just you to let the projects decide what their take rate is and let the market decide but i feel that a very attractive proposition is just to set a yield rate of zero because for a lunar holder then that removes risk for me you know if i'm having to swap my rewards over to another token to capitalize on higher apr and take on a risk of because of that token going down it's just like i then i rather you know this i i, I don't know if you guys understand what i'm saying it's just it's a, overall it's just convoluted when you do the will with the the reward slot in my opinion we we've um we've been going back and forth about this a little a little while um we even talked about it at orbital command so I'm not I'm not trying to ignore your question, but I think there's a piece in there that I'm I'm a little confused on, so I'd like to get some clarity. My understanding is that we're um, 
I think we are extrapolating a little bit too much about security in regards to Alliance. My understanding is that it's a lot more focused on the economic incentives um, and this concept of getting security from staking LSDs on foreign chains. I don't, uh, and even when you read the, the Alliance docs, like security is scarcely mentioned. Um, and so I think we are um, kind of mixing some of these other concepts together. So I want to make sure we're not missing the mark here. Does everyone else like feel the same way or maybe you have a different interpretation of it? Maybe is there a is there a way to like in in a one in one sentence or two sentences actually explain the benefits for both parties involved in alliance, so we can be really clear on what the incentive is. Is that a question for me, Ray, <laughs> or anybody? I mean, I think this is what we're all kind of struggling with, is that we're we're all reading the same documents and trying the same system and. You know, it's like, I don't think we have the full picture of, of how it operates yet. That's definitely I don't. true. I, I'll add a small comment. It looks like Rebel wants to say something, but what Rebel was saying earlier was how I interpret it, right? The, the benefits are you form a partnership traditionally with a chain that, you know, you have economic interests with and hopefully, you know, users like, you look at some of these old Terra chains that have deployed in other instances on Cosmos are kind of obvious candidates um, for people who have familiarity with their protocols. But it's this idea of like, oh, I want I want to go get some some Kuji or I want to get some Mars, but I don't actually want to have to like go out and purchase it with you know my my dollars bridging them into USDC. I can. It's essentially a different way of of yield farming, if you will. Um, is kind of how I see the the main benefit to users. I think security is, I think we're kind of conflating that a little bit. Rebel, if there's anything you want to add. Yeah, that's, that's a good shout, Gibbs. Um, but also, I mean, like with these um, smaller or newer alliance chains, I mean, if they're big alliance assets, for example, like ST Atom or B Luna, Amp Luna, whatever, um, and we'll see. White Whale is the example, or the Megaloo chain. Like, if people are going across there with their with their Luna um, to farm some whale or whatever, that's going to be taking tons of liquidity onto this new chain. So then, people once we get there, we're going to be like, okay, so what can we actually do here? Have a look around. There might be stuff that we can do, deploy, it and think, okay, I'm going to deploy some capital in a different way here. Like, for example, in Megaloo, you can like be and um, provide liquidity. So be Luna, um, Luna Payer or something like that. Um, and then another another thing that was in the, the app docs, and like Philip's here, and um, Ray's here, some of the Backbone Labs guys are here as well. Like if, if Whale is an alliance chain, then these developers are going to be looking at this going, okay, so like we're coming from Terra, we're developers on Terra, but there's this new chain, there's liquidity coming into this chain. Like, is there something we can do here? And um, from conversations I've had with these guys, there is stuff they can do there. So may maybe, maybe Philip can tell us more about what he's got planned for Megaloo. And maybe, I don't know, PFC's here. He can maybe tell us what's going on as far as the Backbone Labs guys. I, I, I think it, it will get too much for the spaces, really, if we start talking about that as well. But of course, I can share some, some things if, if you like to hear. Can I can I just ask something specifically on 
uh, on this. So I think I think Deeb's outlined what the source chain of the assets get for the benefit, and Rebel is saying that. So Deeb's is saying the source of the of the asset going to the target chain. Their benefit is they're going to be able to acquire the target chain's token without having to go and buy it or swap it. And Rebel is saying that the target chain's benefit in Alliance is that they're going to gain liquidity from the source chain going over to the to the target Alliance chain. When I read the docs, and you guys can let me know if I'm off on this, obviously, I thought that when you take those source assets to the target chain, you have to stake them into the Alliance module. Like they're not open liquidity that moves around on the chain, but they have to be staked into the module. Is that not how it works? It, it is how it works, right? But for example, we will provide a liquid staking derivative on your staking again. So you can stake AMP Luna through ARES and get MW Luna back in return. So you are liquid again. But I, I think we, we, we are turning in a circle a little bit. In, in my opinion, um, the Alliance module is 100% about economic security because you pay for you pay yield from your own chain to to get capital on your chain, locked on your chain, securing your chain. So this is the main main reason, in my opinion, why Alliance is is so good, and it's it's relatively simple to provide this mechanism. Um, the only thing is that this kind of current focus on liquid staking derivatives might not be the the right choice of of tool for that because it may, might make more sense to do some kind of fractional um, reserve type of lending of capital or stake capital to other chains so it could be that you stake um, amplun on a single chain and the same amplunar can be distributed to all different chains in some kind of virtual in some kind of fractional um, liquidity across the cosmos to secure multiple chains at once. Right. And I think the piece that is, I think that kind of wraps up this, this, this uh, engine here is that the, the target chain that receives these assets, they have to put native tokens into the Alliance module as well. Correct? Because the Alliance module mints the native token, right? I thought it was a virtual representation of me. I mean, I'll be honest, I'm not that technical, but my understanding was that, yeah, it's not real tokens, it's some virtual representation. So my They're issuing is- a virtual representation to the holders, the actual addresses, but the tokens themselves are in the Alliance module. I believe if you look... It says the Alliance module is control controls minting and burning the native tokens. I stand corrected. I think I'm right, not, right. somebody else can. This is only a technical perspective on this because it's it's only the underlying uh, technology aspect to to get this all working on a chain. So that's why the Alliance module is some kind of interface where you put Ampluna in, for example, and. Internally, the Cosmos chain will handle it as if you have put in the native token. But um, I, this is only a technical perspective on this, and uh, it, it is not really necessary for the user to understand how that works, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I could agree with that. I just want to make sure like we're, we're accounting for all of the pieces that are involved in this. So nothing's getting made out of thin air. There's an accounting. Things are 
are flowing in in that sense. Phil, I just want to ask, um, we, we talked a little bit about the economic benefits versus the, the security. Would you, would you say, though, because this maybe I'm, I'm wrong here because I'm really not technical uh, in terms of like software development and things like that. But to me, the economic aspect is very strongly tied to the security aspect. Like, for example, you gave the I think you mentioned earlier on um, that there was some project that had their uh, network secured by only two hundred dollars or whatnot. It's uh, Aqua and Dowdow and Juno. Right. So wouldn't the economic value or the alliance aspect of it in some ways is, I, I guess I wouldn't say synonymous, but very interlinked with the security aspect? Yeah, totally. In, in my opinion, 100%. And that, that's also one of the reasons, um, I, I'm not sure how the project was called, but uh, this native USDC that wanted to use interchain security to launch their chain, and they, they have decided to go with, uh, what was it, with a chain of authority, governance by authority. It starts with N. Yeah, exactly. And so, so they also have decided to, to not um, use interchain security. Um, because they they want to to have more control over their own economic security because the ICS had some kind of issue with with slashing or or how slashing could happen and it was too big of risk for them to to launch it with with that chain. It's a noble X Y Z. That's the that's the tech. Can I, can I just come back in on this like um, um security stuff? I, I... I'm not sure I really get it at all because my my understanding is that like um, Bo Luna, Amp Luna, whatever. If we go over to White Whale with that, and we stake a ton of that on the White Whale chain. We we as stakers, we we don't have any governance rights. Um, that's at least my understanding. So it's the the stakers of White Whale are the ones who control governance on the chain. And again, my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, is that, and maybe this is a, maybe I'm getting confused with something Philip's doing um, with Ampluna, but I thought the, the stake of the foreign assets on an alliance chain just mimic the vote of the native assets. So if, if whale stakers were going to vote to do something crazy, all the Luna that's staked on white whale would just mimic that vote. And again, that might be wrong, but that was the way I'm understanding it at the moment. So uh, I'm, I'm understanding it that uh, users still will get some voting power, but it depends on the configuration of the chain. So um, white whale can say they give away 2% of their incentives to Mluna or Bluna, and in return, uh, Bluna or Mluna will only get 1% of governance rights. Okay. I mean, like the Alliance, I'll just read one sentence from the Alliance docs. It's in here. Only delegators who stake native assets directly to validators can participate in governance. Yeah, that, that was my understanding too. And um, I'd be very curious if if y'all are reading this elsewhere, 
that you could point us in the direction because um that that that's my fund fundamental like misunderstanding here too i'm I'm trying to figure out where security is coming into play here if you don't have governance power you know what i'm gonna jump in here because i just want to clarify something or at least like let's, let's flesh this out we we've been using the word security a lot and i guess for, for me can somebody explain let's let's explain the potential attack vectors that a blockchain is trying to secure for I think it's important to maybe like if someone can use some examples of because I guess, you know, there, there's different types of attack vectors that um, when we're talking about security and then maybe we can kind of divide out which is being secured with using Alliance or mesh security or, or whatnot. Like, does anybody have any examples of how, um, yeah, like what exactly we're being secured for? Yeah. So, again, correct me if I'm wrong on this, and I could be wrong on this, but where I understood the security aspect that came in is with the with the module, the Alliance module itself, being able to burn and mint the native tokens, that when you stake the approved assets into the module, it mints native tokens and then stakes those to the validators with it from the module. So that's how the... That's how you build security on the chain is because the 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 whitelisted assets from other alliance chains coming into the alliance module mints the native token and then sends those tokens to validators, which increases the uh, amount of governance tokens that are are staked. Am I is that how it works? And who's voting with those governance tokens, Ray? Um, that's, uh, I have to reread. I've read this like, like a month and a half ago or whenever we talked about it. I thought it was that the, the holders of those, those staked assets, but it depends like Philip was saying on how the Alliance module is configured on the individual chain. But I believe like what the reason I'm like remembering this specific thing is because it struck me as a security issue because now the alliance module is what controls the supply of the token on the chain essentially even though like we were just talking it's it's purely technical but this is how you get security on those alliance chains people bring over assets give them to the alliance module the alliance module mints the native token stakes that governance token on the validators and therefore makes this makes the voting block of the chain itself more robust larger so you can't have a, a governance attack with a with a small amount of liquidity because the issue at the beginning of a chain's life is that there's very little token supply or there's low liquidity. So a small amount of tokens can start to influence governance in a large way. So what the alliance module, I believe, is intending to do is you can bring over your tokens from other alliance chains and inflate the native token supply not in the open circulating market, but in the validator set to allow more tokens to be in governance to reduce the amount of influence any one token holder has. Right. I've got it. I think I've got it. You're right. I completely agree now. So building off of what you said, it's on it's on the page. I'll I'll share the link somewhere after this space. Um we come along, all the terror stakers pile into White Whale, stake a ton of liquid staking derivatives on White Whale as the alliance assets. 
there's not very much whale staked. No, but see, I still think this is going to be an issue. So basically, it talks about this thing called inheritance. So these are virtual assets or real assets of the whale that are created from the, the LSDs, the Luna LSDs that we're staking. The whale validators control that vote. But I still think this leads to the problem of low liquidity that you're talking about because actual whale stakers can override their validator's vote. Yeah, I wouldn't look at it as liquidity. I would look at it as the amount of governance tokens on the validators. I wouldn't look at it as circulating supply of the token. Okay, no, so so you're right. Absolutely, that's right. As long as you assume the whale validators are not going to be the ones attacking the chain, it's going to be all right. But theoretically, validators, if there's not much whale staked, the whale validators essentially decide what happens on the chain. Because the Luna, the Luna um, Alliance stakers, we don't get a vote. The people who are actually staking whale, they can override their validators' vote for their, the whale that they control. But if the majority of the staked asset comes from Luna LSDs, it, it's the whale validators that will decide what goes on in that chain. That could be a fair assessment. I think that's a very good summary. Um, and that, that's kind of my impression. And PFC, sensible validator. Orbital Command, also a very sensible validator. Um, Rect Gang may well also be a sensible validator on the whale chain. I'm not 100% sure. But I think the thing you're kind of getting for giving up your vote is you're getting those rewards that the, that the chain is giving you. It, and I don't know necessarily that we're, you're giving up your vote, but you know what I mean. Someone, someone has your vote. I just don't think it's you. Yeah, that goes back to my, I mean, that's my biggest concern, especially with the smaller chains, is is there going to be a situation where they lose control or, or it's you're, 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 you're sacrificing your sovereignty to be able to have the security for forever? You know, I mean, if there's a situation where a larger chain will basically, you're, you're in some sort of serfdom to a larger chain for, you know, the rest of your existence because you formed this alliance to start off with to help you with your economic security and that voting you know governance issues to start with but i'm not as technical could, as to wrap my head around it but that's kind of my thought could could this be gamed if if the if there was a large foreign staking party right that gave all these votes to the validators and then the validators voted to increase the incentives for for foreign alliance members voting so that essentially they would uh you know incentivize people from other chains to vote so that the validators themselves would hold the majority of the the influence and the native token holders wouldn't be able to override the the validator votes just asking i'm not like trying to be malicious about it i mean this 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 goes to the, the game of validating, I suppose. I mean, the way it worked, I mean, just specifically if we're talking about White Whale, which seems to be the one we've defaulted to today, um, White Whale essentially picked their validators. Um, you could obviously start validating on the chain because it's decentralized, you can do what you want. 
But um, the, I mean, the team holds a fair amount of tokens, so they are able to um, incentivize validators by giving them a big team delegation. So, I mean, assuming they are building quality relationships with quality validators, that sort of negative scenario, you're, it would seem weird for validators to then go against a chain that's kind of supported them to get going. Yeah, I'm definitely just looking for edge cases. Like, what what are we technic? What would this technical allow people to do in the most remote and and edge cases? Then, sort of building on what you've just said, I mean, if if, if a number of validators validating on a chain, like for example, if if a new chain, I'm not going to say white whale because they've not done this. If a new alliance chain decided, hey, let's pick, handpick our validators, and they just picked badly, and they went and picked tons of validators who are running um who I can't who's the who's the example recently on um all nodes all nodes there you go so thank you so if a validator went and picked tons of uh, validate sorry if a if a chain an L1 went and picked a ton of validators who are whose hardware is run by all nodes uh, essentially one entity then controls the chain and then the, the, the edge case you're talking about becomes of course, happened on Terra Classic, a reality. I th- uh, that's a good point. I do like that, um, especially in the spirit of being able to spin up a new chain and do it the right way. Like, that's the real value I see in something like this. Like, can you check all of those boxes from wallet to some of the utilities to the you know economic stability for being able to start your new chain, um, I definitely see value in that. If I, I didn't even think about the validator problem, Rebel. Just to be clear, I don't think there is a validator problem um, unless it, 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 the validator problem is a symptom of a, an L1 problem that they are unable to pick sensible validators. Sure, sure. I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't mean problem the potential uh, issue there i mean all nodes i think that's a fantastic example um if you just don't know exactly what's going on behind the hood i th- i think the only other elephant in the room on this is if something happens again where ibc breaks or a chain goes down right mm-hmm. then all of those assets are trapped on that chain uh until the issue gets resolved, which I think what it, with Luna Classic, it took six months or more. What would happen in the event uh, also of like one of the larger tokens that's securing a lot of smaller, the smaller chains, it just tanking, like it crashing? Um, would it be pulling a lot of them? I mean, is it for better or for worse sort of thing? You Hopefully it would help in those sort of situations for all parties involved, but is it like you're going to be tied to this and it could potentially cause a lot of pain for some smaller chains, collateral damage, so to speak. There's my answer. That's good. Thank you. I think, I I, th- I mean, I think uh, what you said there goes both ways and, Definitely, it's it leads back to that um, system systemic risk thing that can can develop, especially 
if you have one big chain that is has economic alliances with a bunch of other chains and that were to go down right and i almost feel i think i talked to you a little bit earlier crash about this it almost seems like that with the alliance module we're kind of moving into this um space where these app specific specific chains are kind of like apps to a layer a layer one the the, the larger one um except because they're their own chain they have more flexibility in how the blockchain runs to f- suit their needs so you kind of have that like the best of both worlds um or at least um a merger or kind of kind of like a midway between um being two completely separate chains or being an app on another l1 yeah and like going multi-chain i mean it just definitely makes sense from that perspective um if you have multiple you know larger chains you want to be on making that a more seamless process throughout all of this yeah and if we just think about terra classic as an example right when terra classic went down it basically just killed all the other apps along with it but in this model if luna 2 or terra 2.0 were to go down it would definitely affect the chains that were allied to it but not to the same degree like they they probably would be able to survive much better but yeah they're economic security aspect of it would take a significant hit i actually don't know if the economic security would take any hit actually because Mm -hmm. those chain those tokens would be trapped so the validators would continue to vote the way they always would vote but the people who own those tokens would never be able to unwind them back to the original asset i'm not sure it would actually affect the 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 side chains in that in the voting aspect at all or the side side chains well, not necessarily the voting aspect, but just like you have X amount of monetary value that's been staked on this uh, this other chain to, for for to secure it. But even though you, it's not unwind, like that that value, that market cap for it just it just drops. That makes sense. I might disagree with that. I, I but I think you if you can explain how the market cap would would I don't believe that the amp luna. Let's just use amp luna, right? Staked in the alliance module has any value on its own on the on the alliance chains. The value is on the the natively staked tokens that get minted into the governance. But but I don't believe the the Ampluna uh, represents. I mean, I guess I don't know. That's a question. Does it represent part of TVL on the on these alliance chains? I don't know why it would necessarily, but yeah, they're fine quadruple counting of assets exactly what's really going on for each of these chains i mean philip what do you think i don't i don't think if if they lost the ibc connection between terra and an alliance chain it shouldn't affect the governance on the uh, alliance chain yeah not per se ibc but let's say if what's the impact on let's say juno and terra 2.0 enter into alliance and Terra imploded. What happened? What's the impact on Juno? The, the the biggest impact, in my opinion, would be that this kind of economic security would be lost because Luna would be worth zero, and if you have a chain, an Oracle chain, for example, that is not being secured anymore, anybody could take it over and broadcast wrong oracles to the whole of Cosmos that have integrated this Oracle chain, and the the same would be for Juno. So that would mean if the chain is too reliant on a single um, uh, alliance asset, 
like for example June, uh, Luna, and if it, if Luna would crash again, then it could mean that the economic security is gone as well. So th this could be an issue, but that's why this alliance module is so flexible and it allows a multitude of different assets to secure the chain. So you can have uh, also LP tokens in there, you can have stable coins in there and so on. And um, this is the, the biggest value, in my opinion, of these kind of alliance uh, module that you don't have to, to rely on a single uh, chain to, to, be a, to have a failure. So you can have always multiple different assets to be staked. Like, like I said before with, with Migalu, there, there will be a, probably all liquid staking derivatives uh, that White Whale can attract to their chain. They, they will also use an alliance. Maybe, uh, Philip, you can validate this with me um, in my thinking here. But basically what, what this alliance module allows chains to do is to, um, is to inflate their governance without actually having to mint those tokens, correct? So they're basically... Yeah, they, they, they don't have to pay um, capital, uh, people with capital, they don't have to pay people with capital um, to use their funds and stake it on their chain. Because um, if you use something like Amplunar and deposit it there, the, the, the capital is still efficiently working um, on their main chain where the capital holder has some kind of... Uh, thinks about the future and thinks it's it's very great to hold Luna, for example, and they can still provide this kind of economic security. And uh, White Whale does not need to pay much um, because any kind of percentage, even if it's only 1% without any take rate, um, would mean that it is already incentivized that people uh, reuse their amp Luna and deposit it on, on the Migalu chain. And that means it's and, very cheap, and so very cheap to get capital in your system. And so the other side of that then is when those people who staked their AMP Luna to mint the whale, this is all behind the scenes, minting the whale and putting it on the validators. When they decide to withdraw their AMP Luna, that whale comes back off those validators and gets burned. So it never enters circulating supply. Yeah, exactly. And th this is also great. So you're basically creating synthetic governance uh, using outside assets to use the economic value of those outside assets or the or the perception of the value of those assets to produce uh, local governance tokens on the alliance chains on, a, on an expanding and contracting basis. I would say so. Essentially how I see it is you, you have this, um, you're diversifying your portfolio of staking assets on the chain so that your economic security is not in terms of the value is not dependent on any single one staking asset. So in theory, if uh, you did it, I guess you did it properly, you wouldn't just enter into alliance with one chain, right? You would take in multiple different types of assets so that even if one chain were to implode and go down, you would have the other, um, like the diversified portfolios of staking assets that just keep it's, keep the volatility or I mean, in finance, you call it beta, right? You reduce the beta and remove that unsystemic risk um, out of the equation for for the economic security aspect of securing your network. Yes, but I and I think you're still going to be dependent to some degree on hubs, whether those hubs of liquidity are Terra and Osmosis and Kujira and wherever else, right? Comdex or or whatever it ends up being. 
Um, I still think you're going to have like some major flows of, uh, but just even having just, just osmosis and, and Terra being the two chains that you interact with would give you a lot more security that way. Yeah. And then maybe you could have hubs and those hubs could have hubs, if that makes sense. And the whole system could possibly now that's getting a little crazy. Here's a question that I want to throw to you, to the panel here. Um, you know, Terra Alliance, it's, I, I suppose TFL is like behind it, right? Um, if this module, you know, any Cosmos chains can implement it, but it doesn't actually have to involve, the Alliance does not have to involve Terra. In those scenarios where two chains with Alliance module enter into Alliance, is there any value capture um, for, for Terra, the ecosystem, or is this module sort of like a gift to Cosmos? Well, I would say to some degree, I mean, this is a revitalization of trying for Terra to be the hub of liquidity because I'm, I know we've talked it doesn't have to be, but it would make the most sense to have a, a unified hub of liquidity to be able to pass assets through so that they all come on in the same chain. Yeah, I, I would also say that um, what Terra is trying to do is building an open ecosystem um, of different chains and this is something that other big hubs are missing, in my opinion, because they are permissioned um, and not as permissionless um, as on Terra, that uh, it, it always supports this kind of collaboration efforts and the same ideas behind Alliance. So it provides value for the whole network that is being connected by Alliance. And that means usually you have similar assets on multiple different chains. And I think to add to that too, it adds a lot of value to the Luna holders and don't, I'm, that's not financial advice, but it adds value to the Luna holders in the sense that you don't have to sell your Luna, but you can start to accumulate all these other assets using AMP Luna um, instead of having to sell one asset to acquire something else. Looks like we have, uh, are we taking questions yet? Yeah, sure. Tank, right? Maybe have them come on. Yeah, like, sorry guys, I didn't mean to interrupt or anything like that. I just really wanted to say thank you guys for such a great discussion, such a constructive and productive. Uh, this has been probably one of the best spaces and enjoyable spaces that I've listened to in a long time. So I just wanted to like really just chime in real fast and say thank you guys for hosting such a great space. Thank you. Cool. I'm going to drop back down. I just want to say that to you guys, man. Thanks, guys. I guess we're running on uh, about an hour 20 now. I, I just have one, I guess one last thing. Um, I think, um, how, how, I guess, how should I phrase this? What recommendations do you guys have for users to capitalize on the launch of um, Alliance? Like, is, is there something that you should prepare yourself for in order to, um, to make the best of it? to earn the highest APY, so to speak. Obviously, I guess if you still have your Luna staked right now, maybe it's a good idea to unstake some of it and get it over to Eris Protocol because Alliance with pro is probably, the launch of it is probably within the horizon pretty soon, I would assume. I think the game of Alliance just ended not too long ago, right? So I think it might just be right around the corner. Something to think about. We should say or Eris or Backbone Labs be fair to both of them they're both available on megaloo okay <laughs> backbone labs yeah i mean i think uh just keep keep updated i mean the usual crypto twitter and new information i think 
as we collectively get more and more iterations through this and more information, then there's many on you know who are even on this call who put out great threads on um, on the topic for different levels of complexity. But I I do think overall these products have been made with the ease of user interaction in mind. So hopefully there's not like it'll be pretty simple to see what are the best opportunities through the ui um i played a little bit of the game of alliance i you know i know that there's always potential to you know make things easier and cleaner and seems like it's you know working towards that so i think as far and i and with my limited understanding of this stuff i think there's five am i thinking right five different things you should follow to figure out what's going to happen next in alliance one is White Whale, Megaloo, they're implementing it. Megaloo is the chain. White Whale is the organization behind the chain or the protocol. Um, Eris, you know, Eris is, is going to be or is one of the, the providers on, on uh, Megaloo. You've got Backbone Labs. They're the other provider that was selected on Megaloo. You've got TFM because I know they're involved in some of this cross-chain swap stuff. And uh, they are the core it looks like of the new station wallet we haven't really talked about feather and station wallet but the station wallet's going to be essential on this and then uh, the last one's obviously terra money on uh, on twitter because they're the ones announcing the developments on it so i think staying on top of those five different uh sources of information will probably keep you up to date on what's going on with uh alliances it actually kind of moves forward yeah, I suppose none of them have announced uh, take rates and like the reward rate or anything like that, right? I don't think so. We're early. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, does anybody have anything else to add? Otherwise, I'm just going to wrap this up and um, going to maybe talk a little bit about Galactic Punks and do some housekeeping. Um, but does anybody have anything to add or what they want to say? And this includes the audience. If you guys have any last um, questions that feel free to come up yeah crypto sense can you hear me um yeah right so look i think basically yeah building on what ray said look everybody should be pretty excited about alliance and what it's going to bring you know it's the way i see it it's going to be a, you know, a seamless experience to do cross train cross chain activity for users um really we're going to get the opportunity to do dgen stuff um without the dgen um, we're going to be able to stack rewards on top of cross-chain rewards. You know, taking the example again of Migaloo, you'll stake whale with one of the two LSD partners um, to earn on-chain staking rewards. And then you'll also earn, you know, the Apex rewards from Adam, Juno, Luna, depending on the LSDs selected. Then you'll transfer those LSDs to a satellite chain like Comdex or Objective or Terra and stake for that chain's rewards. Um, in the case of Migaloo, you'll also receive a share of swap fees from um, their um, their DEXs and their um, their art bots as well. So you can see that you know the potential is huge for users to really take advantage of this um, of what alliances are going to be offering. Okay, I think that's pretty good. I just want to thank everybody for joining us, um, especially the panel. Thanks for taking the time. Um, give give the guys a follow, especially you know Orbital Command. They put out a lot of great content. Um, Debs, he, he he does a weekly um, Terra roundup. I think that's one of the most value add. Uh, well, at least for me, 
um, contents out there if you're into the Terra ecosystem because there's just so much happening. It's hard to keep up sometimes. Um, so definitely check out the tw Twitter accounts uh, of the guys on the panel. But um, other than that, yeah. Thanks again for... Uh, Do you mind if I show for yep. just a moment? Sure, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Ray. I was just gonna maybe, say, hey, actually, Ray, can you can you tell tell everyone a little bit about uh, Y Foundry as well and what that's all about? Yeah, um, so Y Foundry is a, a decentralized uh, DAO platform to allow any anyone any project to crowdsource their funding. So if you have an idea or a strategy or you're an existing project and uh, you want to crowdsource and pro and revenue share, uh, you know, based on some development work that you want to do or enhancements to your existing protocol, uh, you can come to Y Foundry and uh, create a proposal and the community funds it. And then the revenue goes back to the DAO and to the community. So um, we're also just uh, wrapped up adding another feature to allow NFT projects to do fundraising and whitelisting mints uh, with revenue sharing back to the community that funds the NFT projects. So this is all launching on Terra 2. Um, we're not giving a firm date, but uh, we're looking at the end of March. So um, we've, we're, we've got our Discord up at uh, discord.gg slash YFD. And uh, you can join there and get some test tokens and start testing on Terra Testnet. Sweet. So with regards to uh, Galactic Punks, um, we have also a bounty going on right now for Catapult. Um, so make sure you check that out. Uh, there's already been a, at least one entry, I believe. Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Rebel. There's also an airdrop for Galactic Punk holders, a new collectible that we're going to be launching, Galactic Tales. Um, you have to have migrated your, your GP to Terra 2.0. So if you haven't done so yet, Right now will be a good time to do so. The snapshot will be at um, on March 15th. So make sure you do it before then. Um, Rebel, do you have anything else to add before we close this off? That was a good roundup, sir. Yeah, we've had a couple of entries for the, the capital bounty. Um, it is, this one's only open to GP holders. Um, GPs in dollar terms aren't all that much. Um, and you could potentially win another GP or win some cash money for a quality entry. Yep. We're also going to be raffling up, raffling one of the collectibles that will be in this collection um, to three attendees in this spaces. Amika will have taken down your names already. So just make sure your Twitter space um, DMs are open over the next day or two. And... If you've been selected, then Mikash will DM you about that just to notify you. Yep. Okay. So that's good. Um, I got to head out pretty soon too. But yeah, thanks again, guys. This was great. Um, I, I learned a lot as well. Flesh out some of the stuff that uh, about Alliance. Like I said, there's it's a little convoluted, I think, even for um, people like us who's, who stay on top of what's going on with, with Terra. So it's good to have these conversations just to to flesh things out but yeah cheers have a have a good rest of your your weekend guys thanks for checking out another episode of the ether that was galactic spaces hosted by the galactic punks discussing the terra trinity alliance feather and station 
recorded on Sunday, March 5th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Sneaking through back alleys on a little cosplay Broadway all day, looking like the wrong way Resuscitating major players in the waiting room Sifting through the paperwork while I be debating fools Breaking rules, breaking bad, like we always wait for doom Slayed a few in my early years, often hit the shroom Sitting in the dark, waiting for the daily news To let us know what we should believe as the latest truth Stay aloof, writing rhymes in the studio Trying to keep it well lit like filming a movie role Sorting through support from your endorsements Of course we're tripping balls, handing reports in the latest proof ain't a way to move, change the view Just a bunch of pack of heads living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner, finger licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Big thinking energy always gets the best of me When I kick it in the lab, messing with new recipes Gotta mix and match, flip the latch, letting rhythm scratch Dope shit, spitting facts with my vision smash Big trip aristocrats, dishing out a list of trash Missing wisdom, this fish is too big to catch Better let the missus know where you hit the stash Watch your next step, bro, before you hit the traps Walking on eggshells, tripping over landmines And I'm about done dealing with these damn lies Man, I'm looking at this planet like a franchise Chastised into digging holes in the back nine the latest proof ain't a way to move, change the view Just a bunch of peck of heads living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner finger, licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Spaces. <laughs>